listening to Mint Condition with Brad Slater, a sports card podcast for the collector by a collector. Hello and welcome. Episode 2, Mint Condition. What a week, what a week, what a week. We had the release of NHL The Cup. I had never gone into a break before. And I tell you now, I will go into breaks every time. We'll get to that in a minute. Coming up on the show, I have Luke Crisby from the Hobby Spot out in the Duke. They did the breaks this week that I went in for the Cup, and they have a monthly card show out there. So we're going to talk to Luke. We're going to go over the Cup, some of the things to look for, go over the product, the parallels, the inserts, the autos, and uh, talk about my hits. (laughs) Also joining me will be Brian Purip. He is the man on TikTok. He's been traveling all over the world opening sports cards. I believe today he's in England. But uh, he went all across the United States about a year and a half ago. Uh, continued on through till last year. Opening all sorts of baseball cards in the biggest, craziest places you can imagine. And uh, just meeting people like you and I. And just opening cards and having fun and sharing the hobby. So Brian's going to join me today. And then I'm going to wrap up the show by telling you how you can be the first participant and winner of the first ever Mint Condition Mystery Pack. They will be loaded. They will have all sports in them. And I will be making sure to take care of all of you. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. So now it's story time. Last Thursday, I'm sitting at home. It's 11 o'clock at night. The Oilers had just won. Uh, Vegas had just won. And the Bruins had come back and beat the Kraken. I cashed out a nice little parlay, you know, threw a little money down, some Dons down, but, you know, cashed out. It's 1130. I'm going to bed, and I see the hobby spot on their Facebook page post that they were going to do one last case break of the cup. I think it was their 12th case that they had broken that day. So many amazing pulls. And I figured, you know what? I hadn't gone in one yet. Let's do it. So I throw my name in the hat. They do the random. So basically, there's a representative. Each person gets a team. And then they random uh, everyone's names. And then they random the teams and see who you pair up with. So I landed on the Rangers. And, you know, I'll admit I'm not very knowledgeable on the cup. But I am knowledgeable in hockey. So I wasn't sure if the Rangers at the time were a team to get. Because I was aware the cup was two years behind. And I was quickly trying to think where was Alexis Lafreniere. Well, this happened. It's unbelievable. You'd have to see this live to even believe what's happening. Oh, my God. Going to Brad Slater, Alexis Lafreniere, three-color rookie auto patch out of 99. Holy mother of God. (laughs) This first hockey break. That is a banger. Alexis Lafreniere going to the Rangers. Holy smokes. The random will be done in the morning. Brad Slater. Getting into a hockey break at the right time, and that is one of the best patches you're going to see in these cards. So you could say the timing was perfect. I ended up hitting out of the six tins they opened. I think I hit the tin hit in three of them, and the case hit, which ended up being the Alexis Lafreniere rookie auto patch number to 99 with an amazing-looking patch on it. So you know what? I was on cloud nine. So then came Saturday. So there was a card show out at their, their place, the hobby spot in Leduc. So I'm out at the card show, and they have another random for an interesting way that they're going to do the cup. The way they did it is they, they took a set amount of money from each person, and then there's 36 people, and they opened a case again. 
There's 36 cards in a case of the cup. Six cards per tin, six tins, 36 cards. Each card that came out was numbered, one through 36. Then they took the 36 names of all the people that bought in and then randomized them, and they landed on the card as it came out of the tin. Who do you think landed on the case hit? And I'm not joking. <laughs> it ended up being a monumental, I believe, rookie booklet for Alexis Lafreniere, numbered to three. So as you can tell, I had myself quite a week. We're going to talk more cup. When Luke joins us towards the end of the show, we're going to go over uh, what to look for, where you can get it, all the big hits, and some of the cards that he's opened, and just some of the great stories. It's a great hobby. It's a great, you know, great time and great passion for people to have. But for now, we will get to our Mint Condition Guest of the Week. You're listening to Mint Condition with Brad Slater. Joining me now on Mint Condition is one of the biggest sports card content creators going on TikTok with well over 100,000 followers. He's also one of the best people in the hobby community. Brian Purip joins me now. Brian, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. I'm doing great, man. You kind of fell into everyone on TikTok about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was just scrolling and scrolling and then... Boom, this sports card adventure popped up. So I want to get to that. <laughs> but before we jump into that, maybe let all of our listeners know, when did you actually fall into love with sports cards and, and how did it all get going for you? Was it as a kid or, or an adult? Yeah, yeah, it was as a kid. I think I was eight or nine years old and it was uh, my kind of neighborhood friends that got me into it. My best friend, Chris, uh, I remember one time on the bus, he was like, hey, here's this uh, – here's this Will Clark 87 Tops rookie card. And he was showing me, you know, here's a Jose Canseco and a Mark McGuire. And I was just like transfixed by how these little pieces of cardboard somehow had value ascribed to them. And they were of these noble warriors, these uh, heroes. And, and man, I, I think my mom took me to, uh, to a grocery store like that maybe a week later and I got my first pack of cards. I found a Jose Canseco card, and that was it. Man, I was, I was hooked, entirely hooked, line and sinker, and uh, kind of did the hobby until I was about 14. Our family moved away to where there were no card shops. Nobody's talking baseball, and I didn't get back in until I turned uh, – I, I was 29 when I got back in. Uh, for the next, I guess, 14 – 14, 15 years, I've been uh, going hardcore on it. See, I find it's really interesting because I've talked to a couple of people now, and, and even including with me, we, we love sports cards and we collected them as a kid, but there, were all, there was always that lull in our life where there was a period of time, 10, 15, 12 years, whatever it be, where we kind of distanced ourselves from the hobby, and then it brought us back into it. For me, it was 2015 with the release of uh, the Connor McDavid Young Gun in Upper Deck. What was it for you that brought cool. you back into it? Yeah, uh, it, it's funny how that happens. Like, uh, uh, I, I didn't even think of anything to do with cards during that kind of dark time. I remember uh, there was one time, uh, I think I was in like my early 20s, where I stumbled upon a card shop randomly, walked in and just bought a couple of cards. And so I guess there was a couple touch points. But when I was 29, uh, my life had kind of imploded. Um, I was living in Los Angeles, and nothing was going well. Uh, everything that I was working on was kind of falling apart. So it was kind of a dark time in life, and so I moved up to actually to Vancouver, Canada, where my uh, grandmother uh, was living, and my whole mom's side of the family is Canadian. And so um, I was up in Vancouver and staying at my grandmother's house and just kind of filling all kinds of art for myself, and I saw some sort of an article about sports cards, and it, and it wasn't any kind of like current thing that got me back into it. I think I just saw the names like Conseco and McGuire and Ken Griffin Jr., some. The names triggered something in my brain, 
So I, I was just like, you know, had nothing to do. And so I, I Googled like, you know, uh, baseball cards, 1980s, Griffey Jr., Conseco McGuire, Mark Grace, some of my, you know, Don Mattingly. And, and these photos popped up of these cards. And it was like this huge rush. It was like this dopamine hit on the highest level of, of remembering like early childhood and like, and happy times with friends and innocent days. And it just, it was like a warm blanket was put over my shirt. And I just felt all this kind of warmth and goodness. And that was it, man. I, I went, I like tripled down and I spent the next like couple of weeks, like, you know, trying to download photos of every card that I ever remember or every card I ever wanted, started researching, started researching the players again, and then set off to my first card shop in, uh, in Vancouver for the first time in years and, uh, and, you know, bought a couple boxes, ripped them open. And it was like, it was, uh, it was pure goodness to me. And I haven't, I have not really had a lull ever since. And that was, you know, I think 14, 15 years ago. Okay. We're going to get deep here for a second. Do you ever look back at that article that you found and, and how you were and what state you were in life, mental health, everything in an aspect there and just, and how sports cards, not, I wouldn't say they saved you, but they were there and, and it provided a light and, and it, gave you an adventure that you went on, but do you ever think back and just how things just happen for a reason? Yeah. You know, I have no idea uh, what that article was. I don't even know if it was an article. It might've just been some random, I don't even remember exactly how it happened, but it definitely gave me drive and purpose for a bit. Like um, it was during this, yeah, like I said, a dark time. And then um, I was applying to schools in England uh, for grad school. And so there's like this two or three month period that I was kind of waiting on grad schools and I had nothing going on and, and sports cards, uh, the research of them, it, it became this big project for me. And I, I think I traipsed around, uh, uh, Vancouver and even into Seattle and Portland a little bit to go hunt down card shops during that time. And, uh, it just gave me something purpose and something to do. And then I ended up getting into grad school, moved to England and actually, uh, uh, ended up sending a bunch of, I started ordering boxes of cards from, uh, the States into, into my little dorm in England. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, it was just, and then it became just a constant thread, uh, you know, kind of a favorite hobby for, for all those years. And everybody that was in my circle would know that I'd, you know, open packs or open boxes. It's just everything that I do on like TikTok, I do that stuff normally. That's not like, uh, there's nothing different between that and how I'd live my life normally. No, it totally comes out and it totally portrays that way. Uh, speaking with Brian Purip about sports cards, you can find him on TikTok. Amazing guy, amazing stories. Now, let's jump back to October 2021, the sports card road trip adventure. Um, tell us all, all about that. Um, that's kind of where I, where I found you on, on the start of that. Uh, tell our listeners all about that and, and how far you traveled and, and what you did because it was awesome. Yeah, man. That was uh, what it was. Is, um I had started a new company in the sports card space uh, about, oh, maybe five months, six, no, it's about eight months before then with uh, my team. I have a, a bit of a company in Los Angeles. Okay. And, but I was also, um, uh, and my sports card company is all about design or display and protection of cards. I'll be releasing uh, my first product probably in the next few months. Oh, okay. and, I'll have to have you back um, on for that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting what we're doing. It's uh, some real cutting-edge stuff. But uh, at the time, we were just, you know, my team and I, we were, we were all paying a lot of rent in West Hollywood, which is a pretty expensive place. And I just had this idea. I said, you know, you know, it's kind of coming towards the end of COVID stuff. I said, 
why are we spending so much money on rent in West Hollywood? This, our TikTok at this point had already taken off quite a bit. People were really um, engaging heavily with uh, the content. And I said, what if we kind of took the money we'd spend on rent in Los Angeles, uh, get in the car, and just drive? Uh, you know, I got a box of a 93 SP, which has Derek Jeter's rookie card, and I have a, a box of uh, Mike Trout's rookie year, and I have a box of Shohei Otani's. And I was like, let's just get in the car, start driving across the country, and we'll open these packs as we go along. And we, we kind of just got caught up in this adventure. You know, next thing you know, we're hiking into the Grand Canyon, opening packs where we were paragliding off of Malibu Mountain. I remember we, that uh, one. Climbed <laughs> when you were paragliding, what what was it you were going for? Was that the Jeter uh, yet, or was that? Yeah, that was the Jeter. I, was, oh, I, oh, I brought up uh, two packs with me, a, a, a Mike Trout rookie, a pack, yeah. and a Derek Jeter rookie pack. And I'll be honest, man, opening packs of cards, especially these were brick uh, cards. So this was the first pack of Jeter's uh, year I was opening I'd ever opened. Okay. And so I, this was my first experience with bricking. I'd never come across it before. So I'm here up in the sky paragliding uh, and trying to thumb through these cards. And I'm like, why are they all stuck together? <laughs> and so uh, it was extremely challenging. I was trying to still engage with the, you know, the, the camera, but at the same time uh, trying to go through cards and, uh, and not drop them. You know, I was like, what if I drop, you know, Derek's uh, rookie over uh, Malibu mountain? So, it was pretty wild. I think out in uh, on the Santa Monica Pier, uh, before, unfortunately, you got COVID, I think you had a video where you're like, hey, I got this yeah. box of 1989 <laughs> upper deck. Like, I grew up on Griffey. Griffey's like my guy. I'm staring in my room right now of Griffey memorabilia galore. But that's what you were doing. You, you were taking uh, a box down to the pier. You're just like, hey, come on down, uh, anyone, and let's rip some cards and find yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did that. We, um... I ended up having a bonfire at Santa Monica Beach and uh, ended up having uh, people come and we opened packs and talked and, you know, bonded and talked over sports cards. It was an extremely memorable experience. Uh, so if you're, if you're a huge Griffey fan, I, shouldn't, I should probably not tell you that I was at his house a couple months ago opening packs with him in person. Oh, that was pretty my. special. Man, back in, uh, <laughs> back in 2009... Um, I was doing sports radio. My wife and I were down in Seattle, and I had a chance to interview him, and he was really standoffish, and it wasn't going very well. So I kind of just even yeah. swore outright and kind of, like, put the recorder away, and I said, let's just talk. Yeah. And then we had, like, the best 15-minute conversation, uh, Xbox, shopping, cars, his wife's purse collection, uh, just an all-around great guy. Yeah. But what were you guys opening? Oh, he's phenomenal. Um, I opened a box of 92 Bowman with him and his friends. Uh and I'm going to actually go back to his place soon and open a box of 89 upper deck with him and his friends. So um, that's, that's going to be coming in the next uh, little bit and I'll post that once I have that content. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. He's my favorite sports star of all time. And now I can call him a friend. Do you think it's because he did it right? Like obviously because if he took, you know, enhancements, like, you know, everyone else you could say that did his body would have broke down a lot quicker than it did, or it wouldn't have broke down. Is that what makes him so special yeah. and, and how he was the kid and he, and he still is the kid. You, Matt, he could be 75 years old and he's going to be the kid always. Yeah, He'll always be the kid. Yeah. He, um, I, I think it's just, he has a very warm personality. I think he's just a very likable person. I think, um, he, uh, he has so many other interests outside of just baseball. He's a very interesting human. Like he, he uh, races sports cards. He uh, scuba dives. He uh, flies his own, 
you know, uh, he has a, he's a pilot, so he flies. And he's just a very, very interesting uh, guy. And I think that really came through in his early career and very likable. Uh, everybody loved him. And, and then he's just, uh, yeah, he's just been great ever since. And I think it was nice that he never got caught up in the, in the juicing era, mm-hmm. like so many of the others. But, um, uh, yeah, he's still a favorite player. And it, it, people say, never meet your heroes. I met mine. And uh, it actually just made me like him more. Yep. Yep, you're always scared if it's going to be a bad, uh, and at first I was like, oh no, but it ended up being a great conversation. Staying with, with Griffith, we can talk Mike Trout. Now, if I remember correctly, on your adventure, you also pulled a Mike Trout card. Where were you when you pulled that card? Oh man, that was, that was that's arguably my favorite pull ever. My buddy and I, that we were filming that day on our big road trip, and we, we drove into Nashville, and I wanted to go see a concert. I didn't care. I just wanted to see any concert at the Grand Old Opry, and I thought it'd be so fun to go to the, this venue and open packs or whatever. And it turned out that it was ZZ Top that was playing that night. No way. So I got super lucky that ZZ Top was the, the headliner. And so we roll over to the Grand Old Opry, which is this historic venue in Nashville, and walked in, opened. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to know the whole kind of crowd in the area. We we told them what we were doing, and so the kind of there was a lot of collectors that were sitting around us that had okay. you know collected cards as kids. You got a buzz stuff. going on. Yeah, yeah, I had a buzz going on with everybody that was in our kind of our seating area, and I told them I was like, you know, this is a you know a pretty fancy box. Like these are pretty rare to come across, and we're going to open these packs right now. And I only had two packs with me that I had brought, and we opened the first one. There was nothing in there. And I wasn't expecting anything. I was just happy to be there and talking to all these people. And I opened the second pack, and I think it was almost towards the end of the pack. There was this Mike Trout rookie card, and it blew me away that it was in there because we'd been on the trip long enough where that was actually my second box. I had gone through a whole box and found nothing, and so that was my second box of the uh, top update. And so, I, and we were getting towards the bottom of that that box too. So I was starting to feel a little bit like, I mean, these are pricey boxes. You're sweating. And uh, yeah, I was I was sweating, and <laughs> you know, and uh, all of a sudden our, our trip to kind of save money from rent in LA turned out to be <laughs> extraordinarily expensive, mainly because of the boxes and packs we were opening. But uh, you know, as soon as we we pulled the card and I showed it to the audience, uh, people were all cheering, got really excited, you know. Uh, People are buying each other drinks. It, it turned into this whole thing. And then right after that, GC Top comes out on stage. You know, the lights go dark, and then they start playing LaGrange. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden we're having the best time ever. I have a question written down here. It's one of the first questions I wrote down to ask you. Do you carry top loaders, one touches, and sleeves with you everywhere you go? Everywhere I go. So that card was taken care of. I, yeah, instantly. Oh, you know, like People always so. ask me about that. And in fact, I, I did this one video in Coastal Beach, Florida, maybe about – a month or two afterwards where I actually uh, opened, you know, I showed people like here's everywhere I go. I carry this kind of plastic case thing inside. There's uh, one, uh, one touch, a couple top loaders, a bunch of sleeves. And so it's, if I ever find, and I always keep a few packs in there. And so when I go off and do anything, that's why I usually have, you know, two or three packs on my person all the time is just in case there's a cool moment, I'll be able to, yeah. to open. So a lot of people uh, making things up when, um, I was in San Antonio and I was walking down Riverwalk and there was this guy that I saw down the, uh, down the street and he was wearing a Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, shirt. Okay. And so I go chase him down and in my pocket, 
I pull out my little plastic case thing and I had a couple packs of 89 upper deck oh, and I give it to him and I was like, oh, let's let's rip uh, 89 upper deck, see if we can find Griffey. And so many of the comments were like, oh, you staged that, you staged that. There's no way you just randomly had 89 upper deck packs when you saw a guy wearing a Griffey shirt. And I'm like, no, I actually did. Yeah, you obviously don't know me well enough. Plastic <laughs> <case."> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I always have plastic on hand to make sure the cards are protected. And that's cool because that gentleman went from like, you know, say he's a 35-year-old, instantly he was eight years old again. As soon as you pulled that pack of cards out and showed him and he, you know, that rip, that sound, that feel, he, he was a kid again. And that's what makes yeah. ripping and, and, and cards so fun, right? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand people ended up watching that video across all the platforms. And he ended up contacting me <laughs> like... Uh, like a couple months later, and he's like, "Wow, I came across the video of you, you know, chasing me down in, in San Antonio." And I he goes, "I had a, several people reach out to me and say, uh, hey, bro, you went viral.' So uh, uh, that was that was a lot of fun." Speaking with Brian uh, Pure Up right now, you can find him on TikTok. Sports card trip, road trip, adventure, all across the United States. Opening cards. I gotta ask you now. You said ZZ Top in Nashville was your was the best poll with the Mike Trout. What were some like? Not even maybe the scariest, but what was like the the most uneasy place you've been that you've ripped a card or, or ripped a pack somewhere that we were just like, yeah, this might not be the best place. Oh, I've done. Yeah. Several where it's not the, the right place. Like, I mean, just comes to mind was, um, I was climbing sand dunes national park, got to the top of the ridge and I was sandboarding while I was trying to open packs. That was pretty challenging because <laughs> I had a, a pocket of packs and I was uh, sandboarding, which is pretty dangerous. Uh, going pretty fast, and I was like, oh, I'm going to crush all these cards while I break my leg, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, the guy that was filming with me, he, like, almost broke his tailbone while we were going down with the cameras. And so that was a little dodgy. Uh, and uh, we were also in the bayou in uh, Louisiana, and I remember okay. we were out with some alligators, oh. and we were opening packs around alligators, which was a pretty crazy thing. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we've done a, a, yeah, a lot of bizarre things The the whole idea is that every, I was always bugged by whenever I'd watch the breakers on, you know, YouTube or, or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And dudes are always just sitting at their desk. They have a pile of boxes behind them. You only see their hands yep. and that just bored me. It bored me. It's the same thing. It's always some dude, you know, ripping a pack, he pulls out, he shouts out, let's go a hundred times you know, thumbs through the cards and then slowly reveals the one magical card, mm -hmm. you know, some super refractor or whatever. And thumbs around the corners. Uh, like it was cool. To, <laughs> thumbs around the corners. Exactly. <laughs> Camera goes off for a second. So yeah. You can't actually see them. Uh, yeah. You know, all those kinds of dodgy things. Yeah. And so that always bugged me that I didn't like that. It was just so monotonous and so boring. And so that was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I'm going to get in a race car in Phoenix. And I'm going to go drifting on a track. So I essentially what I've been doing is going on the adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. And it just so happens that I have packs with me. And so some of the times it's a little ridiculous. Like, like you know, I was drifting out in the desert and, in a race car with this professional race car driver. And I'm in the passenger seat strapped in, you know, five-point <laughs> harness with a couple GoPros. And, and I'm, like, opening packs of SP looking for Jeter. And it, it, it was a little ridiculous because I could barely concentrate on the cards because we were going so fast and, you know, uh, drifting so hard. But uh, but I just like the idea of trying things that nobody's ever done before. Definitely, and you are doing that, Brian. Did you have any luck finding Jeter in New York City? Where where did he pop up? Uh, yeah, he. I was hoping he'd hit New York, and that was the same thing too, man. It like I was really unlucky on that trip with cards because that it took me three boxes to finally find Jeter's rookie card. Wow. And 
and those also are not cheap uh, boxes. And Meanwhile, I your Bo Jacksons were just like one. first couple packs. You're like, oh, there's my Bo Jackson I wanted. But yeah, Derek, yeah. Derek was tough. Uh, Derek was so tough to find. It was starting to become actually very frustrating. And we started thinking, okay, maybe we'll you know get him in New York and we'll start opening uh, packs in all the iconic locations and just get finally get through the third box and get over with this road trip and head back to L.A. But it was actually uh, the city right beforehand. We were in Washington, D.C. Okay. And we uh, went to, to this build, uh, this hotel, this quite famous hotel that overlooks the, you know, the big, all the monuments, the White House, all these things. And we, uh, there's this fancy spot, and we're like, you know, just opening another pack like we normally would. And boom, there, Jeter was in three quarters. And as soon as I saw that Yankee uh, insignia on the on the back of the card, I knew exactly what it was. And uh, we kind of freaked out a bunch. You know, we celebrated. The bar got involved with it as well. And, you know, we all had a good time and it was, it was actually kind of sad because as soon as it was over, we're like, oh no, now what? I wish you could bottle the feeling that you have when you, when you open that card, like, uh, the feeling you had when you popped that Jeter, when the trout came at, at, at CZ top, just, it's hard to recreate that feeling. But when you do have that feeling, that's what makes fun, like opening and, and ripping cards so much fun. Yeah. No, I felt bad though, because I also had the Shohei Otani box, the 2018 Bowman Chrome. Okay. And we'd been open packs of that, and I didn't find it, and so I bought a second box. And then one night in my hotel at, like, 3 in the morning, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I'm just going to open some packs. And I didn't have the camera on. I was just going to, you know, opening packs at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I came across the show, Hey Otani Rookie, and I was like, oh, no. I just found it, and uh, and I'd been telling people we were looking for it. And, and so it was like a month later where I confessed and told everyone. I was like, guys, I found the show, show, show Hey Otani. Nothing spectacular. I found it, like, in my room in my hotel. I wouldn't have gone totally back to bed that night. Back. I would have been like, hey, I'm up now. Where are we going? What's going on now? So what's the next yeah, adventure? Yeah, no, that was really that was special. I'm off to England today, and my plan was to actually uh, – I was uh, getting a box of 2017 uh, Topps Chrome with the Mbappe rookie card, and I was going to go rip that in England, but a uh, box isn't coming in time. So I'm off to England. I'm teaching a class in Cambridge uh, this week, and so I'll be in England for a week. And then, um, so I, I've actually got the rest of my, I have all my uh, packs of 84 tops that has the Don Mattingly uh, rookie card. So I'm hoping to actually find Don Mattingly in England. And then the plan after that is to head to spring training in uh, Phoenix and go open some cards with players or open packs with players and hang out in spring training until uh, something new pops up. I kind of live uh, week by week in my life. Don't really uh, plan things out. I'm uh, single, no kids. And so I just kind of roll around as I see fit. And so I have no idea what the next adventure is, what kind of adventures find me. Brian, I can't say thank you enough. This has been an amazing conversation, and I can't wait to talk to you again. How can people continue to follow you online? Well, the best way to find me is I have, uh, I'm have i on YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, all the handles are the same. They're all at Brian Pirip, um, B-R-I-A-N-P-I-R-R-I-P. And so uh, go to one of those uh, social media uh, accounts, follow me, and come along to the adventure. It's, it, I, it's, I can guarantee it's never a dull moment. Safe travels and happy ripping, buddy. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brad. Really appreciate your time today. That was Brian Purip. You can follow him along on TikTok at Brian Purip. He's in England. I see he was at Cambridge University, I think, opening cards last week. What a great guy. What a great story. And he's always up for an adventure. 
You're listening to Mint Condition. Follow us on Twitter at MyCardsAreMint. Joining me on the show right now is the owner of the Hobby Spot. Talked about them earlier in the show about my amazing cards I hit on the weekend. Luke Crisby is the owner. He joins me now. He has the hot hands. Uh, Luke, how are you, man? Uh, busy, 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 but we're getting caught up here, man. How are you? I'm really good, man. I'm really good. So last week we saw the release of NHL The Cup. A uh, little bit of a delay, a couple of years behind. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on the product. Our group has specialized, I would like to say, I guess, on Cup. For the last two years, we've broken a little over 600 master cases. I think, truthfully, it's the best condition and the best checklist we've seen in over 10 years. We've broken every year of the Cup since 09-10, and um, the checklist, it drills down into cut autographs of vets that we haven't seen in the Cup in over 10 years. The monumental checklist is intense. The rookie crop is as strong, if not stronger, than 16-17. It's a very, very, very deep set. What are some of the cards that are the most desirable ones from the set for collectors? A couple of ones I just mentioned. The monumentals are always kind of the highly sought after. Between the monumentals, the cut autographs, obviously the RPA, but um, this year they added a few uh, nice inserts. And of course, just like that Adidas rookie booklet you hit uh, on the weekend, those those were right up there. Now, besides everyone knows Connor McDavid, Wayne Gretzky, Leon Draisaitl, Austin Matthews are the superstars to try and get, and the old players that are just that hold value. Who are some of the new faces that are, are becoming popular with with collectors nowadays? Jason Robertson is the first name that comes to mind. Okay. Um, he's right at the top of the rookie list, in my opinion. The market's very strong on him. Uh, the beautiful part of that product is because he was not an out of 99, his RPA is not nearly as hard to hit as, say, one of the out of 99s. Okay. Very similar to the Leon Dreisaitl effect of 14-15 in the cup, um, just because your odds are that much better of hitting one. Now, when it comes to Tim Stutzel and guys, uh, goaltenders out there, are they still just as popular? They're as popular. I think the market... Uh, is more favorable towards goal scorers and centers. But uh, Sorokin and specifically Jake Ottinger definitely have a very strong following, carry a lot of market value. Now, when it comes to the Cup, what have you seen come across uh, your hands over the weekend since it's come out? Some of the big cards, if you just want to mention some of the ones that you've seen or, or ones that you've seen pulled. And is there a chase card in this series set? There's definitely chase cards that guys are gunning for. And um, the Gretzky Monumental is right up there. There's a Mario Lemieux All-Star Monumental off, I believe, his All-Star jersey with an NHL shield on it. Wow. <laughs> uh, there's a Steve Eisman and there's a few others. Um, definitely, uh, we pulled one of the Kirill Kaprizov Monumentals in a mixture on Friday night. That's one of the six, and it was the shoulder patch. But the other uh, Monumental Kaprizov is like the face of the Cougar, and it's a very, very uh, highly sought-after card. Speaking with Luke Crisby, owner of the Hobby Spot out in Leduc, you can check him out at thehobbyspot.ca. Amazing people out there, and they have a card show every month. I would talk about that for a quick second. So every month you guys have a card shop out there. You welcome everyone to come out. And what makes it great is you got kids, you have men, you have women, you have everyone of all age, and, and it just seems like a great time. And I've partaken in the last two, and I have to say it's a great time, man. Yeah, we started doing that last May. I just, uh, I had the idea to come up with something different um, that kind of pertains to kind of what you mentioned, all age groups. And uh, I think May, whatever it was, 27th was our first card show. We started with 27 tables. We uh, purposely rented a hall that does not adjoin directly to the shop to kind of keep it as a separate entity, but quickly became popular. And within three months, we were up to 35 tables to 40 to now We've been pinned in there at 45 a few times in the last show. There's somewhere between seven and 800 people, and it just seems every month it's getting bigger and bigger, bigger, which is 
a hard problem to manage, but a great problem to have. Oh, it's great. And it was, every collector was in there and, and I was making trades, you know, just walking around. Everyone has every type of product. You have Pokemon. We had wrestling cards, baseball, football, hockey, older cards. So I think there's a little bit of something for everyone out there. Lastly, Luke, I just want to add touch on uh, coming up in March. We have the release of Upper Deck Series 2 and I believe Opeachy. Uh, out of those two products, is there anything special that unique that you know of that will be changed this year? Opeachy actually looks very strong this year, in my opinion. The preview has a lot of serial numbered cards, which everybody wants these days. Um, I've seen a couple of different uh, preview cards for OPC Platinum that's coming out, which is um, going to make OPC Platinum much, much more exciting. Uh, Opeachy does come out this coming Wednesday. And Series 2 this month, I don't know about Easter eggs and whatnot because the checklist will come out on March the 13th. Look for that. But I do have several players there that I'll be chasing myself personally from the Montreal Canadiens. So I think it's going to be a very hot product. Awesome. Thank you so much, Luke. Uh, always a great time coming out there and seeing you guys. Anyone in the Edmonton area, make sure you go out to the Hobby Spot. Amazing people, and they have great product and great prices out there. Thank you so much, Luke. You have yourself a great day, man. You bet. Thanks, Brad. That was Luke Crisby from the Hobby Spot. You can check him out at thehobbyspot.ca. Great card shop in Leduc, Alberta. 15 minutes south of Edmonton. Great guys. Go check them out. Now it's time for the contest, what everyone's been waiting for. I'm going to make it super easy on all of you to send me a picture of your favorite card. So go on to my Twitter, at mint, or send me an email at mint at gmail.com. Once again, on Twitter, at mint, and email address is mint at gmail.com. Just send me a picture of your favorite card. Just anything laying around. It could be an Igor Ulanov rookie card. It could be a Dennis Rodman card. It could be a Hulk Hogan card. It could be a Charizard. I'm not the best at Pokemon, but you could send me a Pokemon card. Just send me a pic, and you'll be entered into the draw. And I'm going to start giving away some of these mint condition mystery packs. Now, I'm going to load these up. They're going to have rookie cards. They're going to have autos. They're going to be relics, packs. Who knows what you're going to get, but they're going to be awesome. I promise you that. That's going to wrap it up, folks. We did the contest. We talked some NHL Cup. We went on a road trip across the States with Brian Purip opening rookie cards, looking for Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., Bo Jackson. I want to thank my guests. You heard from Luke Crisby, owner of the Hobby Spot out in Leduc. Brian Purip. Check him out on TikTok, at Brian Purip. Man, that guy's got some awesome videos. I could just spend hours just scrolling through TikTok watching his videos. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of good feedback after the first episode. So if you like the episodes, you like the show, leave me a review. Send me an email. Send me a comment. Send me a text if you know me. And let me know. I'm really having a lot of fun doing this. And I hope you guys and uh, gals are having a lot of fun listening to me do this. So uh, once again, everybody take care. Happy sipping. Happy ripping. Take care, everybody.